Welcome to the Imperfectly Perfect Campaign, sharing real-life stories from real people to unite them in global change for the face of mental health. We will also reduce the stigma, creating communication, healing, and awareness to save lives and inspire. Join us weekly as we talk to some of the highly acclaimed faces, influencers, experts, and others who have been through extreme adversity. All right, guys, so welcome to another highly acclaimed episode of the Imperfectly Perfect podcast. And today I've got none other than Australian heartthrob Dan Ewan joining us, who rose to fame with the iconic Heath Braxton on Channel 7's Home and Away. Since then, he's been nominated for multiple AACTA's Analogy Award and Most Popular New Male Talent, 2012 and Most Popular Male Actor in 2014. Such is his range and quality of work. Dan has shot back to beat back feature films for the past two years. He's had the lead action blockbuster occupation, romantic comedy chasing comics, along with thrillers One and Beast No More. A global star on the rise, Dan can now be seen as the lead antagonist Cap in Paramount's critically acclaimed and Oscar-nominated Love and Monsters. The film was ranked number one in the world for the whole of April and May on streaming giant Netflix. He also reprises his leading role of Simmons in US chart-topping sci-fi blockbuster occupation Rainfall, opposite Ken John, Jason Isaacs, for Lionsgate. You will also see Dan on the new season of SAS, which has just started. So uh, welcome to the show, The Heartthrob. Thank you. Thank you, mate. Uh, we just, we've run out of time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> mate, it's, it's so good. This is, this is long, long overdue. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome, mate. I mean, what's been now? Three years the campaign's been out and you were there right at the beginning, mate. Mate, it's, um, it's so good, you know, from brother to brother, just to see what you've done with this campaign and and just how important it is. It really, really is. Um, and not that uh, mental health was ever a, tab- a taboo thing, but I just don't think quite a lot of people understand it. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, I think the important thing was, like, I can remember, like, and I always speak about this, it's because everyone's like, where did Imperfectly Perfect come from? And I said, the mm. funny thing was, me and Dan were shooting, and I think it was a question, weren't it? And you just said something about, Sometimes I just feel imperfect. I can't even remember, but I always yeah. Got- no, I think it, I think it was because that's the beauty in in human nature for me. I think um, you know, without getting too deep into the neuroscience of it all, and you know, if you don't create, you disintegrate. And but comfort is like the devil's playground. Napoleon Hill said that, uh, or devil's workshop. Um, this this is such beauty and um, and 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 an organic love for for difference. I think. You know, when you see people like there's there's a show out at the moment, I won't say what network, and pretty much everything on this poor woman is fake. And I'm not mocking her at all. I just think that's so sad because underneath all that, you know, fake and plastic stuff that I'm sure she saw, she had a group of friends that were doing something similar, is a beautiful young individual soul. And I fucking hate seeing all that stuff. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's sad. So what you're doing is amazing, brother. Thanks, mate. And uh, you know what? I'm going to start with this question because everyone gets asked it, but I think that's a good segue straight into it. Mm. And where you've been over these past three years since I've known Mm. you, what does being imperfectly perfect mean to you? Well, what it means to me is the the celebration of individuality and, and, and celebrating what we are. And when I said before, so create or disintegrate, it's this whole, this strive, you're never going to be perfect, right? There's no, and what is perfection, you know? Perfect is, 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 to me, is, is chasing that best version of yourself, right? And you are never, ever going to, to catch them because we are untapped, uh, we're unlimited uh, potential, right? We are, we are beings with unlimited potential because we're all energy. We're all connected to this. You know, I'm connected to you. You're connected to your microphone. Everything on this planet is energy. So 
for me, that's it's the celebration of 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 individuality and difference. And paradoxically, we're all connected, so we're all the same, right? It's it's weird. Love that, but but bringing it back to your story, I suppose we all mm-hmm. grow. We we've spoken about this offline and stuff like that in terms of spirituality and lessons and everything. But going back from the beginning. Mm. Even when you stepped into the limelight through a profession of acting, like that's going to change obviously along the way because you can be surrounded by people along that way that can tap into that ego and people Mm. can change. So I suppose how long has it taken you from the process of starting in that industry to really feel comfortable with yourself? I I still, like every day, that's why I get up and journal and meditate and and, and have a process because I, I really struggled. Like I was just some kid from the Northern beaches. So then to shoot to fame on the biggest show in Australia in, in Home and Away with, let's be honest, some of the most popular characters to ever be on. I, I wasn't ready. You know, my, my partner at the time wasn't ready. And it was, I didn't know it at the time, but I was really suffering with like sort of anxiety and I would sort of just, and tip all this grog down my neck and just get absolutely written off on the weekend. And, and cause you disguise it as, a, as it, I was 25, oh, it's blowing off steam. We all do it, right? And we all have done it. But for me, I just didn't not understand there was a better way, there was a better process because it was just kind of the norm, right? Um, so, and then you sort of learn as you go and that's not conducive to a, a great relationship or a great uh, marriage or a great lifestyle. I was still working and kicking goals work-wise. So it's kind of not hidden. It wasn't like I was a you know a fully-fledged alcoholic, but I was just getting blind on weekends to to subside this anxiety that I just I just wasn't ready for. You know, I wasn't ready for people coming up and spilling drinks on on my then uh, wife when she was pregnant. I wasn't ready for the uh, the notoriety. I just wasn't. I was just like, whoa. Yeah, I'm very grateful for it. Obviously, um, as in grateful for the job and the success of the show and the characters, but. Um, I, I certainly wasn't ready and there wasn't a, uh, I didn't have an awareness of what mental health was or taking care of that sort of stuff first was. Did you, I'm going to delve deeper into that, but going into that profession yourself from the Northern Mm -hmm. beaches, was it something that drew you in or was you doing that from the beginning? What is your story? As in, so the acting stuff, um, Yeah, yeah. So I fell into it backwards. Great, great question. No, I um, I did musicals. It's really into my sports. I went to Mara's College, North Sydney, um, and I was just excelled, excelled at sports, um, in particular sort of basketball, swimming, athletics. Um, and I loved musicals, but it was never, it was, I'd never thought of it as a job because I think in high school it becomes a bit more of a, an academic subject. Um, so it wasn't until after I, uh, uh, my cousin uh, of, uh, he's actually a teacher now, the irony, he, um, he was with an extras agency and he did a, a chip ad or a crisps ad, as you guys might say, across the pond. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> crisps. Um, but, uh, yeah, so he did that and, and, and he told me how much he got and then he did some extra work. And I was like, you get what an hour for <laughs> looking, at, looking at birds and getting fed for free? Obviously, this isn't me now saying that. This is my mentality back then. Leave me alone, media. <laughs> but it's like, it's just, you know, it's the, um, it, it was that. It was, it was that simple. It was like, so I could work in a pub and do this and get through uni or I could earn you know, almost three times the amount to be an extra on home and away. Hell yeah. So that's kind of how it all it all started. Yeah. So start to did a few commercials and all that sort of stuff. And then you the roles get bigger and bigger. You upgrade your manager and you get bigger opportunities. And you know, all of a sudden you're like, hang on, this is my job now. This is pretty cool. Yeah. That's the nutshell. See, but the people see in the way that you just spoke about it then I spoke about what you've done, your accolades and what you've been in. Like and it, it sounds absolutely amazing, but they don't see the hard work 
the struggle wow. and what it takes. So I mean, if anybody, any of our listeners that are listening who see you on the screen, see you on the movies and go, oh, I'd love to be that person. Just a question that was put to me once with everything. If someone dropped like $10 million on you, Glenn, for this, this campaign initiative, are you ready? Do you know what to do? Mm. So that question going, if you was asked that or piece of advice for people wanting to follow in your footsteps, like, are you ready? What does it entail? Mm. Great question, because I'm a big believer in you attract what you're ready for. And if you attract, if somehow a bit of luck falls in your lap, which does happen, uh, it's often a very um, self-destructive thing that can happen if you're not ready for the opportunities that come your way. Um, my, my, I, very simple, just to simplify this and not get too, um, not to get too spiritual, but it's be, do, have for me. You really need to be it. You know, it's not like, I see a lot of people that say they say that number one, getting into the acting craft for the wrong reasons. Uh, and fame is just a very hollow metric. So let's not get down that rabbit hole, but be, do, have. So if you're telling me that you want to be, say, a lead actor on Australian television, I'm like, okay, that that's great. And look, people do end up as lead actors on Australian television if they've been on reality shows and stuff. Sure, 100% that does happen. It's just the game we're in. We've all got to accept it, right? But I, I would bet my my house on the person to on the, the person who has the work ethic to have the, the, the longevity in their career, right? And I'm not saying you have to, you know, read every like method acting book and every technique and, and whatever, but there is an element of, of work and script preparation and character development that must go into it. And that's before you get on set. That's before you book the job, you know? So if someone came to me, it's like, okay, cool. What, what, what have you studied? Do you watch TV? Some people want to want to be on Aussie TV and they, all they watch is American stuff. Don't get me wrong. I love American stuff and the, I actually prefer the streaming platform stuff in America. But if you're auditioning for an Australian show and you haven't watched it, how do you know the time? You know, all that sort of stuff. It's uh, be, yeah, be, do, and then have. It's uh, I, I would bank on people who, who take up that mentality for sure. Wow, love it, man. But you you and yourself, like, you've had an amazing career and you even went over to LA. I think, mm. were you prepared? Because that's another whole ball game, isn't it, in Hollywood when oh. you get there, like, and people aren't, like me from an outside and friends mm. and going there, I've seen it from an external and I never want to be in the acting world because I've seen how hard <laughs> it is a it's a It's a pressure cooker, that's for sure. And you've got to be, um, it's again, it's having your values and your metrics. I mean, I... I had a tougher time on there um, over there because my marriage wasn't doing too well. And I, I let myself, um, I put too much pressure on myself, if that makes sense. So I was riding every opportunity and every audition. So I'd get really close to something and I, I think, right, every audition is going to be like that or every meeting is going to be like that. And there's just way too many variables. It wasn't because I thought I was better than anyone else. Um, I knew I was good and I worked hard, but there's so many factors. I just didn't have those um constructs to sort of release stuff the way I could Don't get me wrong, I wasn't walking around just like in a bad mood all the time some of my buddies are like that <laughs> but you it, I just didn't I just like this whole mental health path I just didn't have those those systems in place but it's um but for the majority I absolutely I loved LA it was a great opportunity to go over there and um you know, I love the sports environment in the states because they just do sports you know they put so much marketing behind it um but yeah the, the pressure cooker of having a young child over there and and being away from family and the video it was a weird pressure i was getting like harassed by photographers um and, and my partner at the time was getting photographed with uh you know, coming out of yoga we, we were like halfway we uh, on a trip home we were photographed on the beach in hawaii and me being me i'm quite you know blunt so i just walk, walked up to one of these photographers there's three at the time and said i'm not 
a name in America. Can you just talk me through this? And the guy was really lovely. He was in boardies. And he's like, uh, yeah, dude, you know, there's this company, um, you know, the Daily Mail. And he's talking me through how the media um, companies work and they just, you know, so they'll contract photographers in other countries and sell it to the Daily Mail in the UK or UK rag. So it was a fascinating insight for that whole, that whole process. You can imagine me, right? Just walking up, g'day, mate. Why are you taking my photo? Hey, <laughs> <laughs> okay. but in, in going into that, when it comes to the media, I mean, like lately you're on SAS and um, mm. it's just aired this week and I've been watching it. And then the next day, like there was this perpetuated out of, out of sorts story just about you talking in third person. And literally <laughs> my wife was watching it and going, that's so out of context because the question was put to him and he was talking like this is or what people wouldn't expect. So what is that relationship that you have to realize going in with the media? It's so funny. You know what? It's like, I tip my, uh, my wife, I tip my hat to your beautiful wife because she's savvy, right? She knows. I, I like to think that most Australians are starting to figure out how this stuff works. Hmm. And for everybody who wasn't, um, who, who isn't savvy. So I got like, I got a lot of stick in the media and a lot of like people commenting saying, why is he talking about in the third person? I do not talk about myself in the third person. <laughs> I was asked a question um, about what uh, audiences would think about me on the course. And I said, I think it's going to be pretty compelling for them, very interesting for them. I mean, what would Darren Yan Ewing do when he's back to get to all? Blah, blah, blah. I was talking as if I was an audience member because I, I love thinking about these things from the perspective of the audience. So the media, it's simple as this. They are the... They are the uh, are ignorant and they're dumb or they're um they have no integrity and they don't care and i wasn't asked for comment on any of this stuff so what's the more saucy article this this muppet talks about himself in the third person um but see your your wife may eh? sharpest attack well done she married me didn't she? <laughs> <laughs> she she married you mate so she's, she's very intelligent very intelligent but look long story short i look i, I don't demonize them i understand they've got a, a job to do and whatever so then it's up to the market as in us everyday aussies to understand how these things work not only the media how they speak and the way they're supposed to engage not inform but how these tv shows are cut you know it's um just just be aware folks be wise yeah because i think people need to realize that and it was actually it was another actor from Home and Away who said it on an interview that I heard one day. And there's such a disconnection between what people think you are and come mm. to see that character. And there's a big flaw in that. So even with the IPC, it's almost like, yes, as humans, we judge whether good or bad. We read something, we presume. But unless we've walked a mile in someone else's shoes, we're never going to know and understand. Mm. But have you found that, that when you first started rising to fame and now we have obviously... You've come a long way and seen it all the time, but there's such a huge connection when people come and see Heath Braxton to Dan Ewing. Yeah, it's, it is funny, isn't it? It's like, well, you, you, you talk differently to Heath Braxton. I was like, he's a character on a TV show. Yeah. But people, that, that's what's been in their living rooms, especially on a show like Coming Away for, for three years. But look, here's the thing. Um, I think the... I think the media does need to take a little bit of responsibility, especially with the sensationalized articles that come out um, with, you know, if, if, if the article turns out to be wrong to then, um, I don't know how to say to, to not, because they'll never print a retraction, right? Because I always say there's no clicks in harmony mm. and it's true. That's what sells. And it's, the biggest thing for me was learning why they did that. Cause I was like, Oh, when I was in on home and away, I was like, why the fuck are they writing all this stuff about me? That's not true. It's so they're attacking me. They're attacking me. And they do it because that's how 
our human brains are wired. And this goes back without going down the neuroscience hole too much, our fight or flight mechanism, right? So our fight or flight mechanism is laser focused, laser focused when we're in a state of negativity. That's why this sensationalized stuff at the moment with the pandemic, they'll say all these horrible things. Why? Because your focus just goes, and then they roll it into their advertisers. The same thing works with, with, with drama. So look, Am I ever going to change it? No. Would I love for for you know for media to be a little bit more responsible in their reporting? It's not about being first; it's about being right. And even just to have the opportunity, I'm quite you know I used to get really shitty with it. Now I understand they've got a job to do, right? But it, it's nice when they actually ask for a comment before you're know, accusing you of talking in the third person. No, you muppets, I do not. Dan Ewing does not. <laughs> I'm just thinking of the day that we caught up and we shot. Imagine me like saying, "Oh, can you just stand there?" You're like, "What would Danny Ewing do?" It's funny. Look, and I get it too. It's like you know, the yeah. actor. The actor does cop a lot of shit on these shows. You look at Ferris last year; he copped a lot of grief. He's, he's a cheeky boy, but like, if they have to, you know. And I think the DS. You, I think they like their athletes. I'll just say that. Yeah, but you know what? Even even like talking to you and and, and that day that we caught up and like since we've been we've mm-hmm. been in touch, but like. You touched on neuroscience and stuff like that, and I really want to delve in because a lot of people wouldn't know this about you, and you've you've sort yeah. of mentioned it on SAS with the meditation stuff, but yeah. you're really ingrained in finding more about uh, neurological sensors, mindset, all this kind yeah. of stuff. So when you said that in the past it could have frustrated you, we're all on this journey, and this yeah. we are spiritual beings. So I suppose when did that all connect for you and you suddenly just look inside was- rather than concentrate on the external my, um great question great question um my my beautiful partner is really into this and my my mother-in-law gave me a book um wayne dyer the power of intention and he's much more metaphysical and spiritual um so i was sort of struggling to wrap my head around that this is about five years ago um and then she goes just try anthony robbins i think she knew that anthony robbins he's six foot seven he's like an old basketball coach and he's you know, is it because of your shoes? You're fucking red, you know, whatever. Like he, he really cuts through people's, yeah, he, he's great. So I started there and then I just kind of went down this rabbit hole. Cut to, I was like, you know, meditation, I was still feeling a bit uncomfortable, which is what, you know, those who start, of course, you're supposed to be uh, uncomfortable. That's how it is. Whenever you start something new, um, that's what it feels like. Um, but it, what really got to me was the understanding of what paradigms are, or as Joe Dispenza um, calls it, familiar past. And that's our subconscious programming. And this is neuroscience. This isn't me making it up. This isn't some, you know, meditation, how-to handbook. No, over 90% of our decision-making is habitual. It doesn't matter whether it's you, me, uh, the person down the street, uh, the DS, <laughs> anyone. It doesn't matter. We, we all have these paradigms in this subconscious um, programming. So it's about sort of elevating that frequency and that programming to... Um, and just to be aware of it and just that awareness alone I'm telling you if we just knew that we were like almost robots running these programs we would be so much happier and why because as there's a negative I call it the little fly this little fly of negativity starts flying past you it's like those movies where they grab it with a chopstick <laughs> you know and they they get it as opposed to just doing laps around your head and we all get caught up because we're not really caught up it's just this program that we've allowed to get into our subconscious and that and then the body releases these chemicals and our own bodies fucking bodies get addicted to these chemicals that the brain release so it's like oh I, I i don't like when this happens i don't like when this happens but our body is addicted to this these chemicals rather than being addicted to the you know the dopamine and the serotonin that gets released when you meditate so I digress, but my mum's a scientist. So when it was explained to me 
on a scientific level, I was like, holy shit, now I get it. Because I was like, I'm not a hippie. I don't, I'm not going to go and sit underneath the tree and the, the candles and, and all that sort of stuff. I've got time for that shit. And then it's like, well, you know, LeBron James does it, mate. I'm like, I'm in. <laughs> if you look at it through like a, a scientific and a, med- a medical uh, through a lens, like a, jo- a Joe Dispenza or a Bob Proctor, I just love, it's such an easy, simple explanation. And you just go, I've been living my whole life without knowing I'm a fucking program. And that's, you know, so make it a good one, you know? It is. And I can even see, and this is why I was excited about this chat tonight. Because, yeah, obviously mm. the accolades, everything. But then, like, as soon as we started talking offline and you was like, neuroscience, Dr. Joe Dispenser, all that. I mean, this path, I would say, out of everything then that you've uh, you've researched, you've gone into, what are some of the specific pointers that you've learned about yourself and then mm. you can give anybody that little bit of advice when, when looking inside. Love it. Work on it every day. So I know, for example, today is a great example. So I didn't like, I, I do a journal with my little boy every morning at 7.30, um, a gratitude journal, because um, I just know that sort of changed my life. Um, but we're separated by a border at the moment. I'm not going to get into the border debate, but there's two ways to go about it, right? You know, I could sit there and it was his birthday on Father's Day, you know, so I go, oh, it's, it's my, it's my, it's my, his birthday and Father's Day and I'm not going to see him. Well, I'm like, hey, it's my little boy's birthday and it's fucking Father's Day, you know, and I wouldn't have that attitude mm-hmm. to, to get on the phone with him and do his gratitude journal every morning if I didn't have that, that awareness and mindset. So it, look, stop. D- d- and sorry, my, I digress. The, um, I, I didn't get the chance to, to meditate and do all that process today because I've been doing Primo for SAS. And I just kind of thought to myself, shit, I'm a bit more anxious today. I'm a bit more, uh, I'm not like snappy at people, but I'm like, I feel just a bit uneasy. And it's not like, oh, I can't exist without it. Yeah. Um, or I, I need my hour and my, you know, orange peel. I need to go and meditate and levitate. <laughs> yeah. It's it just, I just noticed the difference for me, right? So when people ask and to simplify it, I say this, I say, start, just start in the morning by not touching your phone and writing down three things you're grateful for. Give that a shot. And not, don't just write it down to get it done because some idiot from the TV told you to do it. Do it and feel it, you know? So I, obviously my little boy is, is not next to me at the moment because of the border, so he features heavily. Um, just Aussies don't realise we have clean water, free healthcare, mm-hmm. food. We're very lucky in this country and we quite often forget that. So I try to remember that, especially during this time of border closures and what have you. So start there. Um, and with the meditation stuff, look, if, like I said, if it's good enough for LeBron James, it's good enough for me. So if you just Google guided meditation, start there. Because I was, I really struggled with the whole, you know, put the music on and my mind would still wander. It still does. So I, I, I really enjoy the guided meditations and it can be 10 minutes, you know, 10 minutes as long as you're slowing your breath down and you're forgetting and you're, and you're, and you're just disconnecting as much of your senses and your phone as what you have to. It's, it's a game changer, you know. But, but I always want to... Sorry, man. But minimum, don't touch your phone. First thing in the morning, write down three things you're grateful for. Start there. So easy. Yeah. Anyone can do that, you know? But I think when it comes to that meditation, like you said there, what a lot of people find hard and give up, attesting to entrepreneurship, attesting to anything, meditation, mm-hmm. when something doesn't click straight away. And it is one of the yeah. hardest things, like they always say, the hardest thing in life, you can learn business, you can learn this. Hardest thing is learning about yourself and uncovering every single thing that has gone wrong. Yeah, and you can't blame no one else. Yeah, but you know, but it's it's good. This is how we're wired. So we talk about um, so Joe calls it the familiar past, um, and Bob Proctor calls it our our paradigm, right? Our paradigm. So whenever you want to change that, right, it will scream at you, 
and why because it makes you feel uncomfortable so again this is going down the rabbit hole a little bit but folks that uncomfortable feeling right is just the that's that's your body trying to keep you away from the saber-toothed tiger from the t-rex because Back in the day, there was like all this stuff, those the T-Rex and the saber-toothed tiger. So then it kicks in your amygdala, releases all the, the chemicals in the brain and you're, you're on high, high alert to run, fight or hide. Now it's, I've got to do this meeting, I've got to do this, this person said this or whatever. So it's that same high alert, right? But it that paradigm doesn't know what's the difference between something that's bad for you and what's good for you. So it might be a great opportunity, a great podcast on uh, imperfectly perfect with glenn marsden good man um <laughs> but you know what i mean so it's 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 that just because something makes you feel a little uncomfortable a little uneasy doesn't it might be something that she is propelling you towards some amazing growth and a breakthrough you know don't get me wrong the warning bells do go off about bad stuff or bad people all the time it's intuition but it's it just when you're aware of this just because you're a little bit uncomfortable that's where the growth is yeah and i think even as you know, Dr. Joe Dispenza came on and um, his episode mm. coming out soon. But I tend to, I, I listen really intently to every single person that comes on. And there's a lot mm. of commonality between everyone that comes on insane who's gone through things. And a lot of the times it is that learning to surrender to that inner voice mm. and learning about yourself and the other is stepping into your truth. So mm. I suppose to finish off that round of questions with that, I mean, since you've learned this, how much have you changed and explored yourself and relationships become better and work become better looking inwards rather than... Oh, mate, I tell you now, it's like when you overcome, 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 you become someone else. And Joe Dispenza says that. And it's so true. I'm a better service now than I've ever been. I'm more present. I'm more able just to help people. Don't get me wrong. It's like, I understand I'm in the public eye and people reach out all the time. But I'm not just fobbing stuff off because I'm impatient or I think I've got no time or what have you. Um, it's funny in the in the John Wick movies. Have you seen the John Wick movies? Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the High Council, before they cut people's heads off, it's like they say, I serve, I am of service. And I was just like, it hit me for six because I've got I am sort of tattooed on my arm in Hebrew. And it was just it's so true. It's like, it's like, the, I think so many people want, want so much abundance to come into their life, but it's like, what are you putting out? <laughs> it's a pretty simple law of the universe. Right. And I don't, I don't put out to get back, but if you live a, if you can serve, you know, the things, things open up and it's just such a, a better place to be. Cause that's what we are. Like we're all, we're all sparks of this sort of creative formless energy. And again, science backs it up that you know we all come from a formless energy source quantum physics actually says this right so you call it god call it the universe call it source it doesn't matter it exists quantum physics backs it up so the way to connect to that is by being of service and being grateful and being of love energy so yeah it's, it's very very fascinating to me that now i'm of service and just i'm able to i'm able to to help so much more yeah but, but to finish that off, way, it's a great segue to what I'm going to ask you next. But don't you even find it that when it comes to that and you've become, you've surrendered, you've stepped into your truth, you actually realize, like you said, whether God, whether source, whether whatever you want to believe mm. in. But this comparison, this comparing, this game, this what people do, it's like we've actually all got a unique gift. We just need to find that within us. And then we see everybody as the same, like you're my brother, you're my sister. And it's, it's kind of everyone elevates each other. But the segue we're going to go is because you've obviously gone internal there. And the new show that you're doing, SAS Australia, is making you go even further and pushing your limits, both mentally and physically. How yeah. have you adapted to that? And did you bring meditation into that? 
It was a great challenge, tell you what, <laughs> because the whole point of this is to take you out of your comfort zone. So I say it on the show and they, they love putting it on loop. Um, thank you, PR team. <laughs> no, I love it. It's, um, uh, yeah, I think I talked about it once and it's just like a thing. No, um, it, it, it's, it's all well and good to, and I say this, I said this in the full length master interview, that it's all well and good to, to say you meditate and say you've got great mental health and you journal and all that crap when when you're at home in your own comfort zone quote unquote but um it, there's just no opportunity to that because to, because you're just you're surrounded by people all the time you're in a constant state of stress you can't just uh, you know and foxy gave me stick because look it, it's a it's a it's a big task there's 18 people that are going to go across a ladder it's a helicopter reset you don't have to be a genius to figure out it's, it is a film set, like a reset of a helicopter. We were there all day. So I was just trying not to get involved in people's nervous energy. But Foxy got me. Um, but so I had to sort of adapt and figure out. So I spoke to some guys who had served in the military about what they do. And they actually train people for this. It's called tactical breathing or box breathing. Box, you can imagine it's in for four, hold for four, out for four, hold for four. So box. Tactical breathing is more of a sniper thing, but it doesn't matter whether you call it meditation, visualization, tactical breathing, all that sort of stuff. That was the thing I focused on. So I would wake up in the morning and do the, the box breathing before anything, because there's nothing worse. Like you wake up, you're getting yelled at just to try to breathe whenever I could. Um, you list all my candles. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I've been watching it. And, and, and seriously, like it's tough going, isn't it? And I think sometimes, again, people do take it away and think, oh, it is a TV show. So they, they are going to get treatment and stuff like that. Mm. But no, this is full, full straight into it. Yeah. How did it structure? The, the, um, the, so the TV element, um, look, the DS do have like dialogue that they need to say about the, introducing the task and all that sort of stuff. And look, it's like, I'm not going to lie to people. There are producers on set. It's like, it's, it's okay. It's, it, it is a TV show. It's on TV. Right. So you just read between the lines. Of course, there's going to be a produced film. Of course, there's going to be editing. Of course, they're going to, you know, it's like a it's like a quilt blanket. Right. So there'll be you'll see a task and then they'll use reaction shots of a task three days later. And I'm not saying anything controversial. It's just like this is just how TV works. It happens. Um, but it, but it, the tasks and the discomfort and getting called every name under the sun and the sleep deprivation and all that sort of stuff, that is 110 percent real for sure. So I can't wait for people to see it. I love this show. It's, so <laughs> it's, it's good. And, and your projects, what are you up to next? Like you, your um, Occupation Rainfall is coming out soon. Um, how was the first? I've seen the first one, mate. I saw that when that one came out. So uh, funny story, funny story about what's coming out. So uh, Love and Monsters came out uh, and the, it was, it smashed it. It was the, it was, so it was the number one film um, on Netflix for April and May. And this is during a pandemic. So I think they, um, it was supposed to be what they call a big tentpole feature. So a big cinematic release. Obviously they couldn't do that at the time because when it was released, it was pandemic all over the world. So it smashed it <laughs> on opening weekend. On the opening weekend, I was supposed to do all this media. Um, and I was about to jump on the SAS course. And they obviously check our phones. There's no laptops. So I don't think my US reps were overly pleased with that. All the US studio was, sorry, he's jumping out of helicopters. It's Dan, <laughs> you know, like he's a, he's so silly. Um, but that was an interesting tidbit. Yeah, I was virtually unavailable for press. It happens all the time with movies with scheduling and and whatever. But it was just, the, it was quite funny that this huge movie comes out and it, it's the number one movie in the world and I'm getting tear gas. You know, just it's one of those things you have to laugh at, right? 
Um, Occupation Rainfall uh, came out in the US and was the top movie, uh, top 10 on the um, Apple TV chart for, for like a month or so. And it, it smashed it or um, did really well. So um, the reason why we got that movie was because the first one did so well on Netflix in the States. Sci-fi is certainly big here, but it's still a smaller market over in the US and around the world. Sci-fi junkies, you know, they love it. I mean, that that the big blockbuster was so funny because obviously I see what you get up to and everything, but I was watching it with the kids. They chose the movie and we sat there and I'm going, that's done in it. Done with a wig on. That's a <laughs> really what good a wig. Really. What a wig. Yeah. What a wig. And just like the, the, the caliber of that cast and the budget and, you know, and people know Michael Ricker, Ricker, Rooker because he's just done a million things, but like he's the Yondu for everybody playing at home in, uh, in the Guardians of the Galaxy and he's just done Suicide Squad, but he's done a million things. Mm-hmm. Dylan O'Brien, he was fantastic. Um, but just really, just really, really down to earth, lovely people. And we actually got to shoot that here. So here I was doing this, you know, lead, uh, spoiler alert, the lead antagonist of a big American movie. I was fourth build, so fourth on the cast list, big American thing. And I got to do it at home. And I had like be an hour for my little boy. It was, I was like, sure, <laughs> you know, no complaints. And um, yeah, Rainfall, to get to work with Kenny Jeong and Tamora Morrison, who actually... Um, such a lovely bloke. Like he reached out to his manager for me in the US. And um, so they represent me now in the US too. And, you know, he's doing huge things with his um, Star Wars series and character and in uh, Boba Fett. But just everyone, I've been so lucky to, to work with so many lovely people, really genuine people. Yeah. I mean, what what's next for you then, obviously, when all mm. this comes out? But the reason I ask you this, and I think it's such a such a good question, just, just because seeing how you are and seeing how just... You've all stepped into yourself, but I mean, just this, what we've spoken about tonight, mm. what is it, what's your ultimate goal now? I mean, what success means so much to different people. And I suppose yeah, a lot great. of want a different thing. What is it for- I would only, I would only reveal this to, to you. So obviously movies and stuff that's happening. There's um, the stuff in the pipeline that I can't legally talk about. Yeah. But for me, um, I've got a goal to, so I'm going to actually become qualified as a coach. So I'm actually booked to, to get qualified as a, as a coach. And look, the, the coach thing is a bit taboo, not taboo. It's a bit, it can be a bit cliche, I think in this day and age, but I felt um, so many people come to me asking for advice and like everything from fathers going through separations and not knowing how to deal with it. And I see some Muppet from the TV who had to deal with it pretty hard and cop it in the media. And it's like, mate, just how do you deal with it? And, and all that sort of stuff and athletes, had athletes reach out. But just everything, and I've just and people have been so lovely to reach out about just my mental health process in the morning, doing the gratitude journal with kids. So many people have reached out about that. So I felt it was my the next stage of being of service to them was to become a qualified coach. Um, so not only I've I've been doing courses with um, in Joe Dispenza's school and Bob Proctor's, but so now I'm going to be um, become a qualified and actually a qualified coach. And my goal is to create a platform. Um, I still haven't figured out the bones of it, whether it's an app or a website where anybody can get free life or health advice, you know, free. Um, obviously, like if, like when, when we get down the path on this, if they want one-on-one coaching, you know, but yeah, it's a, it's a different thing. But I want to set up something where there's just some sort of help if people don't feel they're going to, you know, a, a um, you know, a, a, a life coach or, or another path. If they feel comfortable talking to me because I'm in the public eye and I've been through some stuff great but it's it's then my responsibility to give them the right information and give them the right help so i'm certainly i'm not there yet i don't feel comfortable doing it i can share my experiences 
But after this, I'll be able to sort of help them with a step-by-step thing and hopefully, you know, give people a leg up on some of the suffering that I went through. Yeah. Love that, mate. Love that, mate. Because, like, it, to see, if we'd have never gone deep, mate, we would never have found this stuff out. Like, I know. It's, you're the first person I've told. It's, um, it's apart from my, my partner, of course, but it's um, like, where else would you talk about this stuff with the Imperfectly Perfect podcast, right? Exactly. But I just think it's amazing that you've just brought it up because you've got so many facets covered. Like you say, you are a father, you are a partner, you've dealt with this, you've dealt with the media, you've dealt with this. And it's just amazing. And I, yeah, but I've also, I just, it's the mistakes I made, man. That's like, that's, yeah. it's the, like I said to you before, if I just knew that, like, it's this subconscious program that we run, if I just knew that, I could, I could, I could, could have, you know, like, take, like I, I, by the way, I, I'm so grateful for where I am and every, every experience is, you know, it's really lovely. I've got a great relationship with my little boy's mom and he's got an amazing stepdad and Archie's got a cute little brother, this big weed Brady bunch thing. But it's, um, it's just, if I can help, you know, people wade through some of their suffering, um, because this whole influencer thing kind of shits me a little bit, to be honest with you. It's like every influencer wants to sell stuff to the to the public, but it's like there are some people out there who are genuinely suffering, especially at the moment. So if I can spend a bit of time and money getting qualified and just learn how to sort of help people in a really succinct way and give them some sort of structure, then therefore they can get clarity and ease some of their suffering and pain, then it'd be remiss of me not to do that, you know? It is, but I just love, and, and I'll finish this first by saying that what I love is where you talked about the free resources and the help and obviously building mm. that outlay. And I just want to say to people, this is one thing. It's like even the IPC, people on the outside, they see people like yourself and everyone, they see the press, they see all this stuff. And I'm like, it's been pushed by love and collectively it's not been about money and that's why it's continued mm. to grow. It's like being of service to other people and helping and the opportunities will flow and like just – Oh, it's, mm. I, I try and input that to everyone because even when it comes to mental health and people say, how can you get out of that kind of slump? And I'm like, help other people. Like, yeah, that's it. Like, that's- like money to me has always been a means of exchange. I mean, I've got, honestly, I'm very grateful for it too, but I've been given like, like a lot of watches and other stuff. And I move stuff on. Like I wear this, you know, I wear plain black t-shirts and um, I keep all the gifts from my girlfriend, by the way. Don't make talk. Um, <laughs> but if something, I just know, you know, I'm very lucky in my life. You know, if I get sent stuff and a lot of brands do, and I'm very, very grateful. But if something doesn't suit me, it doesn't collect dust in my wardrobe. I move it on to some like, to someone else. Or if I like my postie the other day, he didn't have a watch on. And I sort of ran down with a couple of watches. I would have looked like something out of Bali. You want a watch? <laughs> yeah. But I gave, gave him a really nice sort of dress watch and a, and a, and a sports watch because I, I wear a Fitbit now. And yeah. uh, people are like, you're mad, just hand. I was like, yeah, but it's just going to sit there collecting dust, you know? And it's just like, you know, I'd rather, you know, and just the smile on his face, he's a good man too, fit too. I would not, my, if my postie did SAS, I'm telling you, he'd smoke everybody. <laughs> well, mate, I just want to thank you, like, for taking time out. I know you're busy scheduled promoting everything, so taking time out for IPC. Where can people find out more information about you? Uh, I think the easiest place is at underscore Dan Ewing on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, or on the uh, the SAS Australia um, profiles that they they've created amazing gifts. But yeah, mo- mostly, mostly uh, at underscore Dan Ewing is is the best place. And yeah, throw, especially for the mental health stuff. I mean, just throw you feel free to ask me a question. Um, look, again, I'm not a professional, but I'll I'm I'm more than happy to share anything that's worked for me. Especially if it's you know journaling or meditating or visualization, I can direct you. I've got a couple of sort of things like little links I just forward to people and. Yeah, if I, if I have time, I will 100% respond to every single person that asks me a question, 
And don't he, ask me to send nudes, though. Don't ask me to send nudes. That's just weird. No one does it anymore. You know? Except Glenn. He does it all the time. Well, well, uh, yeah, mate. <laughs> I was like, what? I heard that at the end, and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Some things never change. You know, basically, you said the other night, and then on TV, you had to get naked as well. <laughs> well that's really, tell you what, that's confronting. Here's some tear gas, and now nude up. Fantastic. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> well, mate, as I say, I just want to say, and before I go, I actually want to say, and guys listening to this episode, like, look how easy it is for guys to talk and open up about it. That's one thing I want to show. It's like it shouldn't be this hard. If you've got mates or anyone you can connect with, just have these conversations because we all go through the same struggles. Yeah, it's look, it's 2021, you know, like the whole taboo nature of mental health. It's like, it's out the door. No one's got time for that, you know, They're, especially in times like this, just reach out. And if you've got an England, don't just go the whole, you know, it's like you want fries with that mentality and we're used to saying no. So we say, oh, no, I'm fine or yes or whatever. It's that conditioning. If you, like, use your intuition. If you think someone's struggling, it's like, a, look, Look, brother, I don't want to say it in front of the boys, but if, if, you, if you need a yarn, you want to come around, have a chat, I'm always here and just let it sit, you know? Like if you think someone is struggling, stay, don't harass them, but yeah. stay on it. You know, it's important. Every life's important. Exactly, mate. Well, again, I want to say on behalf of the campaign, on behalf of uh, stating the word imperfectly perfect that day that caught on in my ear, um, everything else, mate, I just want to say thank you very much. I will put all the links up to Dan. So... Be sure to find it, subscribe to the show, guys, like and share. And remember, keep having the hard conversations. And as Dan said, go past the surface levels and get deep. If you need to take someone to the side, do so. Make sure to keep having the hard conversations because it's the hard conversations that saves lives. Thank you. To find out more about the Imperfectly Perfect campaign and how you can get involved, simply head to our official website at imperfectlyperfectcampaign.org or email us today at info at imperfectlyperfectcampaign.org to speak to one of the team. The Imperfectly Perfect campaign is creating awareness and is not a substitute for professional advice. Should you need help, please refer to your nearest crisis number.